My mic's on. This is on. It's not working. Testing it. I hear something. Okay. Today's our family service. So we have babies galore in the room. So as babies, as they squawk and they squeak, it's okay. When I was young, I used to, when I used to ride a plane and I'd see a little kid, I'd be like, man, a baby on the plane is going to cry the whole time. But then I had babies and I was the guy feeling bad for my baby crying the whole plane. So I'm going to say, everybody, just be gracious. Babies cry, but the, our, the babies and the kids in service today are the future of God's church. And so we're glad they're with us today. Um, I was pumped to have Miss Avery read for us today. That's so awesome. Uh, I love having our, letting our, like our, our youth uh, read scripture for us sometimes. It's pretty awesome. The scripture she read came from the prophet Samuel. And Samuel said, God told Samuel, give to the people what they want. For the people had asked for a king. God said, Samuel, you are the prophet, priest, and judge of Israel. Samuel, the people want a king, you give them a king. They're not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me. Because the people like God, they're like, we know, you're our, we know you're our God, but if we had a king like the nations, then everything would go better. If we had the right leader, the right person in charge, all our problems would go away. And so God gave them a king. The first king of Israel was a guy named King Saul. And King Saul, just so you know, King Saul is not the apostle Saul, okay? There's two guys named Saul in the Bible. One is Old Testament, one is New Testament. Saul, who becomes Paul, is way later. We're not talking about him. We're back here with this guy, this king named King Saul. First king of Israel. Now, I'm going to ask questions as I go for all the kids. If you're a kid here and you want to answer a question, you raise your hand. And if you get it right, I got, uh, I got Tony in the room right next to you, that green curtain. There's a box of, like, chips. So when service is over, go to Tony, raise your hand, Mr. Tony. Mr. Tony, yeah, Tony the white Tony. Um, <laughs> not the brown Tony. Um, <laughs> um, after service, if you get one right, go to Mr. Tony, and he will give you some chips. I can't give it to you now. I don't want to hear chips during service. You know what I'm saying? We'll give it to you when service is over. So kids, I'll call upon you as we walk through the service. So kids, pay attention. You might get some Doritos. Okay, so there we go. So King Saul is the first king of Israel, okay? And Israel at first, Israel is kind of like America pre-revolutionary war. Here's the first question for the kids. If you know this, kids, raise your hand. If you're under 16, you can, well, not 16, we'll crush the little ones. We'll say, what's fifth grade? What's fifth grade? How old is that? Okay, we'll say 12. Under 12 can play, okay? Okay. Kids, if you know it, Stand up with your hand up, okay? How many stars were on the first American flag? Nobody. Okay, right here, what do you got? There are 13 stars on the first flag. Now, 
Early in American history, there were 13 colonies. And when America became a nation, those 13 independent city-states became one new country. And it was very hard to unite them because every state had their own laws and rules. They'd become a United States of America. Well, King Saul had to do the same thing in Israel because there was 12 tribes. And the 12 tribes had their own leaders, their own government. And King Saul had to get everybody to play nice and become one nation of Israel. When Saul first started, God was with him. He was anointed by God. He united the nation. They had victory in warfare. Saul, the first five years of his, of his kingship, life is awesome. But here's the thing. King Saul was wealthy. He was strong. He was successful. But if you have something in your heart that's not good, no matter how much money you get or how famous you get, whatever's in your heart stays with you. It just goes with you into the new neighborhood or the new job or the new relationship. And Saul had a problem he never could shake. Saul... His big problem, we see it in all its fullness in 1 Samuel 18. Saul, the first king of Israel, is coming home from war. And they're having a parade in, the, in honor of the army. There's a big parade. I wasn't alive, but I've seen pictures after World War II when the troops came home from Europe and they got to New York that like confetti fell out of all the windows. There's that famous picture of that sailor kissing that nurse. You ever see the picture of the black and white? Where he's like, hey, baby, you ever see that picture? Like there was a big parade that day saying our troops won the war and they're home and we celebrate that. Well, the army's coming back to the capital and everyone is celebrating the victory of Israel. Saul's in his chariot wearing his kingly armor. Everyone's cheering. He's like, man, it's good to be king. And next to his chariot, he's got a young shepherd boy who was the hero of the war, a kid named David. And in this battle, David slew a great giant and was now the hero of Israel. Saul loved this kid. Saul loved David. Saul told David, I want you to move to the palace with me. Saul told David, I love you so much, your family never has to pay taxes ever again. What a day. I would love to win that award. Here's a medal, Ernesto, and no more taxes. I'd be like, I've arrived, baby. So David, no more taxes, living with the king. He's next to the king. They're in chariots side by side. And Saul loves David, and David loves his king, King Saul. But something happens in the parade. To reveal Saul's true heart. Verse 6. As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine. I'll stop real quick. Kids, the next question for you. What was the name of the giant? Right here first. Goliath is his name. So Nesta and Avery both got one. Sweet. Okay. Return, striking down the Philistine. The women came out of all the cities of Israel, 
singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated. It's a parade. It's a victory dance. It's everyone's pumped. Their boys are coming home. They didn't die on the battlefield. And they sing this song. Remember, the king is there in his kingly armor. He's just on his chariot. And here's the song he heard that day. King Saul has struck down his thousands and David his tens thousands. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. Imagine you're, you're, you're hearing a song being sung. King Saul's killed. Yeah, I killed my thousand. I'm the man. And the next line. And David has killed his ten thousands. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he waits. And the song is sung again. What would happen if in your heart? I asked my kids last night before bed. If you were the king and heard that song, how would you feel? My son just goes, I'd be jealous. Verse 8. Saul was very angry. And this saying displeased him. He said, they've ascribed to David ten thousands. To me, they've only ascribed thousands. What more could David have but the kingdom? And Saul, I, David, from that day on. See, Saul, in his heart, deep, deep down, was a jealous man. If you read his life, his jealousy's there from when he first gets the kingdom. Saul is always a very insecure person. Saul wants, if the crowd loves him, then he feels like his life is good. And this moment, you see this insecure man who's always comparing himself to others. When he hears this song, his jealousy pours out of him. Saul is the king. Rich, powerful, strong. David's a 14-year-old shepherd. He's a poor farmer kid with no army, no peoples, no... He just, he's a nobody. And Saul... His heart turns against David. David's there in the parade, and David still loves Saul. And David don't know that Saul's heart has turned against him in this moment. Because that's what jealousy does. Jealousy can make you hate someone you used to love. Jealousy can make you hate someone that you used to love. When jealousy grabs Saul's heart... Instead of seeing David as a friend, as a brother, as a soldier in arms, he sees David as a threat. Jealousy, it breaks our hearts. Let's see what it does to Saul. Let's what happens to Saul. Verse 10. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul, and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre, the harp. Okay? As he did day by day. And Saul had his spear in his hand. Saul had his spear in his hand. So David is a musician. David wrote lots of songs. In the Bible, all the psalms of the Bible, most of them written by David. David's a musician. David is in the, in the palace. 
And when he sees his king, have, like his king is angry and bothered and annoyed by something. You ever get that way? Where you think about something over and over again, it gets you all like amped up, gets you all angry, walking around talking to yourself, thinking crap and crap, thinking, you know, just building yourself up. And so David is playing the harp to calm his king's soul. David's still serving the king, like, oh, I'll play a song for my king to help him calm down. Saul has, David has a harp in his hand. Saul has the spear in his hand. And here's the reality. If you have jealousy in your heart towards someone, the spear is always in your hand. You're waiting for a chance to hurt them, to gossip about them, to sabotage their career. To speak poor of them. If you are jealous of someone, you're going to wait for a chance to mess up their life. The spear is in your hand. As you watch their Facebook page, you, you grip that spear a little stronger. I always tell young ones who are dating, if you break up with them, don't stalk their social media. The spear's in your hand, baby. It's like, stinking go. Got a new boyfriend, new girlfriend. Like, you got the spear in your hand. And that spear is meant for one thing, right? To kill somebody. Saul has, David is serving him, and Saul sees David, and he's just like, you stinking kid. Everyone likes you more than me. I can't take it. And it says, verse 11, and Saul hurled the spear for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. The first time the spear goes through the wall, David's like, dodges it. He's like, maybe I'll play a better song this time. Like he, he stays and keeps on serving the king. But Saul can't see past his own jealousy. Verse 12, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from King Saul. The jealousy poisoned Saul's heart all the way down. I go to James 3 real quick. James 3.16 says this. I want you to know what jealousy does to our heart when we let it in. James 3.16 says this. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist... There will be disorder and every vile practice. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Listen. Jealousy brings, jealousy brings forth all sorts of evil. When you're jealous of someone, it'll lead you into all kinds of evil actions. I had, a guy, I had a good friend of mine in high school, years and years ago. These words are so shocking, it's hard to say them out loud. I had a friend of mine whom I loved. We're up late one night, talking real talk, and he revealed a bunch of cards. He said to me, and I, I, I do not lie when I tell you this, he said to me, Ernesto, it's hard to say this out loud, he said to me, Ernesto, I wish my dad had left my family and I was poor like you so people would feel bad for me. I was like, you insulted me three times just then. Like, you insulted me, like, you feel bad for me? 
You know how poor? Like, it was a brutal thing to say. It was a, in his mind, this kid was jealous of my tragedy. Jealous of the pain. Listen, some people are that weird. They'll be jealous of your pain, of your story. In high school, we had a guy die, tragically in high school. A kid got killed in high school. He wasn't that popular. But that day, all people walking in the hallway just crying. Oh, he's my fourth hour. I loved him so much. Using that death to get some of the attention on themselves. So here's a question I have for you. Jealousy can come from many different angles, okay? Brothers can be jealous of brothers, can't they? Ever heard of sibling rivalry? The first brothers in the Bible were their names. Well, hold on. Kids. First brothers in the Bible were their names. Any kids know the first two brothers in the Bible? Avery again. Cain and Abel. And Cain was jealous of Abel. Because God accepted Abel's sacrifice. And God told Cain, sin is crouching at your door. If you don't lay this down, sin's going to get you. And if you have jealousy in your heart, sin is crouching at your door. It's waiting to eat you up. The spear is in your hand, and eventually you're going to throw it. You're going to throw it. Brothers can be jealous. Sisters can be jealous. Oh. <laughs> um, that's all I'll say about that. You can be jealous of someone's career. They make more money than me. Got a nicer house than me, a nicer car than me. I'm jealous of them for what they got. You jealous of someone's marriage? Their wife, their husband. Maybe your kids are acting a fool. And your neighbor's kids getting straight A's going to Harvard. And you think to yourself, stinking got good kids, my kids suck. And you grow jealous. You compare and you grow jealous against someone for what they have that you do not. And jealousy, it burns. It grows. So here's my question to you. Very simply. Who are you jealous of? I was at a conference. Don't say out loud. Just think to your own heart. I was at a conference once, and the speaker asked the audience, how many of you are the favorite kid in your family? And a bunch of people stood up in the conference. Uh, next to me, and the kid, I was sitting down because, you know, I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> now, my mom loves all of us. What's funny is I asked like, my brothers, who's the favorite? And we all said ourselves, which means my mom was doing something right. We all think we're the favorite. Like, it's, it's great. My mom's a good mama. But I looked at my, bro my friend that's next to me was sitting down, and I saw in his face the hurt. He felt like he wasn't the favorite, and it, it hurt him deep. I could see the jealousy in his heart at his own sister, who was the favorite. Who are you jealous of? Who is someone that you look at their life, and because they have something you don't have, part of you resents them for what they got? Maybe there's so many things we're jealous of in this life. Career, looks, opportunity. 
Ask God the question, who am I jealous of and why? Who do I look at and get mad at because they have something that I don't have? When I was a kid, when I was a young man, when I was 24 years old, first getting married, I was in the suburbs, and everyone getting married was buying their first house. I couldn't afford a house. I looked at all those people my age buying houses, and I resented them. They could afford a house, and I couldn't. Some of them had family, give them loans. I had no one to give me a loan. And so I, looked, I, I would talk trash on them and, and their blessing. Oh, must be nice. They have nice, rich parents. If you say must be nice, jealousy in the heart. The must be nice sickness means I'm mad that you got something and I don't got it too. I can't rejoice because you have been given good. I must knock it down. Who are you jealous of? Who do you hold that against? Because it's going to burn you down. If you hold that spear, eventually you will throw it. So here's the thing. Jealousy is a naturally occurring thing that happens. It's hard not to compare ourselves to each other. It's hard. So how do I guard my heart against jealousy? How, I don't want to be King Saul. Because King Saul, his jealousy, he will die alone. And he will die in shame. His jealousy pushes away his own kids. He loses the kingdom. David, who loved him, has to run from his presence. David pushes away everyone who wants to love him because of his jealousy. Because everyone's a threat. He cannot trust or love anyone. I don't want to live the King Saul story. I don't want to be alone with my anger and my jealousy and everyone's afraid to know me or love me because I'm such an angry psycho all the time. How do we protect our hearts from jealousy? We'll end today in Philippians. Philippians 2. Because here's the reality. If I want to guard my heart against jealousy, I must follow the path of Jesus Christ. We, if you want, the antidote for jealousy is to have the mind of Christ. The antidote for jealousy is to have the mind of Christ. This is what the word says. I go to verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves. Have this mind in you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Have the mind of Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Stop right there. Jesus was equal with the Father in heaven. Jesus was the King of kings, Lord of lords, worshipped on high in heaven. And he came down to earth and took the form of a servant. Born in a manger, grew up in a town that everyone disrespected. You know what they said to Jesus? They said about Jesus, they said, what good thing came out of Nazareth? Christ was born on the wrong side of the tracks. 
and Christ. He said, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. That's the attitude of Christ. Christ came to serve others. And here's the reality. If you want to guard your heart against jealousy, you got to serve other people. When you serve others, you take your eyes off your own life and look at somebody else's and you see that, you know what? Everybody has it tough. Everybody. The rich, the poor, two parents, one parent, no parents. Everybody has got it tough. I come here from Flint or Davison or Clarkston. Where are you from Clarkston? Rochester? Bloomfield Hills? I don't care where you're from. Everyone takes hits. Everybody. And the more you serve people, you get out of your own head and say, oh, man. Other people are going through things. As I serve others, I stop focusing on myself all the time. As Americans, we are a self-centered group of people, dude. We are. Christ says, you want to have the mind of Christ? Serve others. Christ also says, being born, okay, verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. If you want to guard your heart against jealousy, you got to humble yourself. you got to say to yourself, you know what? This is what God gave me, and I'm okay with it. Maybe I'm not the fastest or the strongest or the smartest or the, I have the most Instagram followers, whatever it is. This is how God made me. And I'm, I accept the things God gave me, my limitations and my giftings. I am okay with how God made me. I'm cool with it. I see myself in the mirror accurately, and I'm cool with it. What's funny is there was a survey done. They asked men the question, Are you in the top 10% of athletic men in America? They ask every man in America, that's this big study, are you a stud? That's the question. Are you fast and strong and able? Are you in the top 10 percentile of athletic prowess for your age group? So they ask all these men this question, and the men answered the question. Here's the funny thing. 90% of those men said, heck yeah, I am. So every guy thinks he's the strongest, the fastest, the coolest. Listen, we can't all be the fastest, okay? I'd probably be like, sure I am. Oh, shoot. <laughs> like, I can't run to the kitchen, yo. Um, like, we have to be honest with ourselves. Maybe when I was 20, but not today. And it's okay. The things God gave me are the things God gave me, and I'll receive them and be okay with them. I am I'm going to stand with humility before the Lord. I'm grateful for what he gave me, and I don't need nothing else. I'm grateful for what he gave me. I can't carry a tune in a bucket, and I wish I could. I didn't get to get the music, but I'm glad God gave it to these people up here. I'm glad Miss Jen could share with us today her musical gifting. I mean, you're blessed by it, right? That Jesus and Tony could play for us. I'm blessed by other people's gifts. I don't got to be the best to receive the blessing they give to all of us. Humble yourself. And lastly, this is the toughest one of all of them. Christ said he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Christ's attitude, the attitude of Christ, the attitude of a servant, the attitude of humility, and the attitude of submission. I'm going to obey the Lord. If the Lord says, forgive him, I'm going to forgive him. If the Lord says, to serve in the shadows, I'm going to serve in the shadows. Whatever God gives me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't got to be Billy Graham to be successful. I don't got to be on TV to be faithful. When God calls you to wherever he calls you to, you say, okay, Lord, I will go. I will go. And these three attitudes, they help to insulate our heart from jealousy. Because when I, if I am where God wants me to be, why would I be jealous of anybody else? All of my friends, I've got a few pastor friends in my life, probably three or four pastor friends that are real good friends of mine. And every one of them, hear my heart when I say this. My pastor friends, on paper, are doing better than I am as a pastor. You know what I'm saying? Bigger churches, bigger buildings, they speak places. They do all these cool things. It'd be very easy to go, man, they get to speak to this place and get money. I don't get to go do that. The reason I'm not jealous or mad is because I know I'm exactly where God wants me to be. I'm not supposed to be in some other town. I'm supposed to be in Flint. If you're, if you're being submissive to God's will, why would you be jealous of anybody else? Because you are where God has you to be, and it is good to be in God's will. I'd rather be in God's lane for me, even if that lane is potholed with stinking, like, the stinking slow person driving in front of me with the hazards on. If that's the lane God has for me, I will drive there, and I'll be okay eventually. That's a pretty tough metaphor, I'm sorry. Uh, but, so I encourage you. The question stands, who are you jealous of? Is there anyone in your life that you resent because they have something you don't? And if so, you got to make it right with God. You got to put down that spear and stop carrying the resentment in your heart. Just because God gave them this and didn't give it to you doesn't make them a bad person. So stop hating them for what God gave them. Jealousy is a poison and you don't want to drink it. With that said, let us pray. Father, having so much for this day, for your word that is true, I would ask, O oh Lord, that you would just work in all our hearts, help us examine our own selves. And if jealousy is in there, of family, of friends, of neighbors, of church, of, of, of our friends here at church, if there's jealousy in our heart, Lord God, convict us of this sin and help us to put it down, Father. We don't want to be like King Saul. We don't want to die alone on a hill, separated from everyone we loved because we pushed them all away. Lord, move in our hearts now. In Christ's name, we ask all these things. Amen.